The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation, bloggingtheboys.com. We hope all is well wherever you are we hope you're happy safe healthy and i trust you are feeling rather passionate about what we just saw from the dallas cowboys let me say uh at the top of things i'm a bit sick i'm a bit under the weather uh that's why my voice sounds the way that it does um you know i'm channeling my uh my sick version of phoebe buffet hopefully it sounds um you know better than my normal voice uh this is our post game show which is accessible on the blog and the boys youtube channel the blog and the boys twist channel and the blog of the boys Facebook page. You can watch the show live on any one of those platforms. You can also catch the rewatch there as well. You can also subscribe to the blog of the boys podcast network, um, where we have a lot of shows that come out all throughout the week and you can listen to this show as well. So shout out to our podcast audience and make sure, of course, you're visiting bloggingtheboys.com 24 seven, for the best in the business when it comes to coverage of the Dallas Cowboys. All right. 28 to 23, the final score. And I, um, I don't know how we're going to kind of collectively feel about this because this game had um, a lot to it. And look, let's get the obvious out of the way, right? The Cowboys lost. That stinks. The Cowboys lost um, to a division rival. That stinks. The Cowboys lost after it felt like they could have stole this game. That stinks. Um, I don't mean to cope and I don't mean to be that person or that Cowboys fan. Um, I do agree agree with the real excellence as no moral victories we lost. Um, In a lot of ways, I thought the Cowboys were maybe the better team than Philly, but in an overall sense, I don't think that they were. I think the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot, obviously, throughout the course of this game. We'll get to that through my stock report, uh, which I certainly would um, appreciate your feedback on. Mark says, I can take a hard loss, close game. We had chances, game of inches. And I I think what is so frustrating and we're dealing with this in the immediate aftermath um is i think we had all kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that it was a loss right after uh the cowboys couldn't get it done after the fourth down attempt to jalen tolbert you kind of put your hands in the air you say you know what this stinks and you start to kind of mentally process it right and you know dallas gets a stop on first down gets a stop on second down and then the fumble happens and you start to think oh my gosh there it is that we're about to steal this moment and philly recovers you say oh man you know that sure would have been amazing that sure would have been incredible 
but it just wasn't to be. And the punt happens, and it's like all the way back. You got like five million yards to go. You're thinking it's impossible. There's no way this can ultimately, you know, happen. And then the the pass interference happens, and you're thinking, okay, so what? Still, I mean, still 50 yards to go. And then another penalty. The the you know roughing the passer. I mean, you know, all these things start to kind of pile up. And there was a comment I want to get to a moment ago. Let's see, where was it? Uh, it might have been a tweet that I saw. Everything is kind of blending in my mind. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I don't want to, um, I don't want to take credit. Here it is from Vernon. Vernon says first and five is haunting. The Cowboys had first and five from the Philadelphia six yard line. That was it. That's that's the perfect moment or perfect word, excuse me, haunting. That will that will be the hardest thing to to reconcile, I think, as we process through this game as we try to move on and yeah the Cowboys will probably beat the Giants next week um but but they were right there I mean they they had it they they were given an opportunity to steal this game first and five from the six after all those missed opportunities after the weird things that shouldn't have happened but did Michael Gallup's drop on the driver the Cowboys had to settle for a field goal by the way congratulations to Brandon Aubrey setting an NFL record most consecutive field goals made to start a career well done after the Gallup drop after the Luke Schoonmaker short moment after Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds I mean all these things it, it just felt like it felt like a twisted night for the Cowboys it felt like it was not to be and so to get there first and five from the six when the offense was kind of moving you thought man this is it it's actually going to happen we're going to have the week we're going to get to be the ones who laugh and all of a sudden Terrence Steele allows a sack and it just kind of all unravels from that point um by the way I just saw in case anybody in case this affects you um, Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk, friend of the show. CeeDee Lamb was credited with a fumble on that final play. So I hope you don't have him and lose your fantasy matchup this week by two points. That would just be the twisting of this night. David says on YouTube, embarrassing. They were there for the taking and they blew it. Best this team can hope for now is a wild card slot, but we've all seen how bad they are on the road. Season is essentially over. I disagree with the the idea that the season is, is essentially over. Um, I do think that this... Nothing is locked, right? It's November 5th. By the way, the doc invented time travel on this day. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Um, so this is an important day in terms of pop culture. Um, the season is not over, but man, Philly is now 8-1, and one, and they're feeling great on their bye, and they got this win. They stole this win right before their gauntlet. As everybody knows, Philly coming out of the bye, they got to head to Arrowhead. They got to go host Buffalo. They got to play the Niners. They got to play the Cowboys again. They got to play the Seahawks. I mean, all these tough games are coming for the Eagles. So to be able to get to this point, 8-1, and one, Man, it sucks. I mean, it pisses me off. Watsamata says to get better. Patrick uh, is a lovable Eagles fan. I know people don't think that exists, uh, but it's chimed in to say, how are you this evening? Congratulations on the win, Patrick. Um, it just it just was very frustrating. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Anthony says, can't take that sack, but Dak was elite. Steel has been awful. It felt like the better team, but still can't beat good teams. Keep feeding CD. I, I certainly, again, this is, I kind of started to say this a moment ago. I don't want to cope and I don't want to be that person. I don't want to not give credit to the Eagles. I think they played very well. I think they were aggressive in moments where it counted. I could not believe that they were aggressive um, on third and three or whatever it was and, and went deep to A.J. Brown there near the end to give Dallas a chance to go take the lead. Obviously, the Cowboys couldn't, but, you know, Greg Olson was kind of telegraphing that saying, hey, they're absolutely going to run this ball. I really, you know, and I, honestly thought that the challenge that Nick Sirianni had was smart because the upside of it was so big. And so I want to give the Eagles credit, but I do think that Dak Prescott was the better quarterback in this game. I think he had the better game maybe is the, the better way to put this. Um, but his team and Dak included with the stepping out of bounds and the two point conversion thing just had the, the bigger collection of mistakes and the bigger collection 
of moments that were poor. As Weston says on the Book of Faces, we also blew it at the end of the game. There's a lot of people who are going to perhaps rightly uh, point the finger at officials uh, when it comes to this. I would just offer that if not for officiating, and I agree that the officiating was questionable, if not for officiating, Dallas doesn't have that first and five at the six-yard line. I mean, and to be factual and to be literal here, both teams penalized 10 times on the night, 83 total yards for the Cowboys, 98 for the Eagles. So technically, the Eagles drew the shorter end of that stick. Brian, thank you for the super chat. Everybody follow Brian on TikTok at Talk Cowboys. Says this was a fantastic game from both teams. Exactly what I expected. Wish the final was different, but that's okay. A lot of season left to play. Football is a game of inches. And we lost by a combined one yard. We will see them again. I agree with that completely. I mean, it was an entertaining game. If you were an independent observer, it was probably awesome. I mean, you know, it sucks to be a Cowboys fan watching this game. We've spent so much time as NFL fans picking this and that, that we're going to be the game of the year. Miami going to Buffalo, that failed. Dallas going to San Francisco, that failed. Earlier today, Kansas City, Miami in Germany had the kind of game of the year feel. That didn't really live up to, you know, kind of the, the moment. This did, unfortunately, uh, for us. Um, I mean, it was a great game to watch, uh, but just a, an unfortunate ending that when, when you're on the wrong side of a great game, it, it tends to sit in your mind um, a little bit more prominently. Watsamata says, fourth down passes targeting Tolbert and Schoonmaker. That is on coaching. Uh, Mad underscore says, I feel much, much better than after the loss of the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like that game broke the Cowboys it felt like that there was no way on earth that they could contend with the Niners and I think that's the sentiment that we all shared I think the the net result here is we all you know if Philly does win the NFC East and Dallas is a wild card team I think we all like Dallas's odds of going to Philadelphia um in a, in a wild card game in a divisional game whatever the case may be potentially the NFC championship game I recognize that the Cowboys lost but they obviously played very well and if not for you know a few butterfly flaps of the wings could have won this game um, it's a much different situation than the Niners loss. I agree. Uh, Sanusi says, so now that will battle for the fifth, sixth, and or seventh seed. That's fair. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's move on. A lot of you are saying, was I frozen? I'm not totally sure. Um, some of you said that I was frozen. Um, a lot of fire this, fire that. Um, I understand that that's kind of going to happen right now. Uh, Brett comes in on YouTube, says, Dak ain't it. Golden gift wrapped opportunity for a signature win. All he has to do is not get sacked. Brett. I would like you to think about the sentence that you chose to type. All he has to do is not get sacked. I mean, I, I really, you know, don't want to open the door for criticism for Terrence Steele because I hate when things get really volatile and I know people are really going to come for Terrence Steele this week. But let's relax, Brett. I mean, Brett, come back down, you know, come back to us a little bit here. Brett, like, what the hell is Dak Prescott supposed to do when Terrence Steele gets completely beat and leaves him completely and totally vulnerable? That's not on Dak Prescott. Um, so, I mean, Dak had his faults and Dak had his flaws. And if you want to get on Dak for anything, it can certainly be for stepping out of bounds on the two point conversion, but to act like, you know, the Cowboys lost this game because of the play of their quarterback, I think is a ridiculous overreaction. Um, Nicholas says on YouTube, the season is not over. That's a huge overreaction. We get them at home. They have a tough schedule. We will bounce back. We didn't get the fumbles either. I know we're better. That's fair. Uh, Watsamata offers if they can learn from this and actually learn, then I can live with it. That's fair as well. Let's see here. Um, Zach says, why did we not make a move at the deadline? Uh, that is um, that is going to be a question that a lot of people ask very loudly this week. The Rangers winning the World Series, and I haven't seen some of you since that happened. Congratulations, as much as it hurts me to say. Uh, gave the Cowboys some cover, obviously, for the course or over the course of this last week. But there's no room to hide. The parade is over. The moment has faded. And now everybody's going to have the Cowboys in their crosshairs, obviously. Uh, let's see here. Ross says, stock up Tyron. He was standing over defenders on the ground multiple times. I don't have Tyron as a stock up, but I'd be fine with that. 
marks us stock up team confidence. We were so down after San Francisco, but we know now we can compete, keep playing, work on technique. We see them, <coughs> excuse me, see them again. Again, if you want to take it as some sort of moral victory, I won't fault you for that. Um, but that I don't share that sentiment completely. D-Day 2 offers. Hurts with only 207 yards passing. A.J. Brown only 66 yards. If you heard those were the stats, you'd think they lost by 14-plus. I agree with that, but that's part of what's so frustrating. The Cowboys, if you want to call it a victory, um, held A.J. Brown beneath 125 receiving yards, You know, whatever, first team in like a million years to do that. And in some respects, the Eagles should have lost this game, right? Like you can look at that and you could say, yeah, not exactly their best game. So like not exactly their best game beat the Cowboys, right? Like that's really frustrating. It's frustrating that the Cowboys couldn't take advantage of that because, you know, what if the time, you know, a month from now comes around, they have figured things out. I recognize that they have a gauntlet of games to go through before then, but um, it's just a, just a tough scene. Miguel says silver lining. We use lamb the way he's supposed to, although no touchdown, he did amazing. CD has been incredible ever since rightfully saying that he needs to be utilized more in the passing game, finished this game uh, with 11 receptions for 191 yards, did not get in the end zone as noted. Jake Ferguson had seven receptions for 91 yards. Jalen Tolbert third on the team and receiving three catches, 49 yards. Michael Gallup only had two uh, for 19. Um, Kevin says, I'm just glad we didn't get punched in the mouth again. We'll see where things are at when they come to Dallas. You know, I know that the Cowboys haven't necessarily had the most stout home field advantage in the NFL since AT&T Stadium opened, what, 14 years ago. But it has turned into one. Obviously, they're riding an 11-game winning streak uh, in their home building. And I agree that, um, you know, I, I'd imagine the Cowboys would be favored by three points. I think it'd be kind of a classic home field advantage. That's what this was, although Dallas couldn't cover, obviously, with the, the um, ultimate score being 20-23. to 23. Uh, Let's see here. Let's move down a little bit on the comments here. Uh, Chapo says Steele got eight up. It was a rough night, obviously, uh, for Terrence Steele um, in a lot of senses. Uh, D-Day 2 says, I can't get past first and goal at the six, then lost 16 yards. That's it. I mean, like, it's really unfair to say it came down to one thing. But if you if you power rank them, that would probably be the most impactful. Um, some people would put Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds in the two-point conversion number two. I don't. I put maybe maybe little makers touchdown not that wasn't um I, but honestly the 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 true inflection point of the game for me uh was michael gallup's drop uh, just to kind of let me see but let me pull the the play chart up here the cowboys were rolling on that drive all right so this is after the half um it's you know 17 14 dallas philly comes out gets their touchdown dallas you know punts it away philly goes and scores it's 28 to 17 um actually no i'm wrong it's earlier in the first half it is 14 all at this, but it's the final possession of the first half. I got all mixed up. I'm all sick and emotional. Sorry. So it's 14 all. And Dak Prescott finds Michael Gallup on third and three. And this is from the Philadelphia 33 yard line. And it hits him in the hands with an opportunity to convert. If Dallas goes into the locker room, you know, up 21 14 instead of 17 14, I'm not saying that that's enough, but that's four points, right? Like everybody wants, you know, the broadcast was harping on Dak Prescott and the two point conversion saying, well, if he's in on the two point conversion, then you only need a field goal to tie. And that's literally true. But if Michael Gallup obviously holds onto that ball um, and the Cowboys do go score a touchdown, and I recognize that I'm assuming a few, you know, a sequence of things continuing to happen here, but if Dallas has four more points to their ledger, then it's not 28 to 23 down near the end. It's 28 to 27. And Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense only need a field goal to win. Um, they wouldn't have even needed that second possession at the very end, you know, with all the penalties and whatnot. So again, the true break point of the game for me was Michael Gallup's drop that forced the Cowboys to settle. But hey, at least Brandon Aubrey got his record, right? Like that's the 
Um, that's the true like win in all of this. Watsamata says the Gallup drop was damaging. A couple of good grabs in the second half, though, to give him credit for not beating himself up. I definitely agree with that. Some tough physical catches from Michael Gallup in the second half. Um, I don't know that anybody believes he um, kind of made up for it totally, but um, it was a tough moment. So let's get to my stock report. Let's start. Um, despite what Brian had to say, stock up for me, Dak Prescott. Uh, this was a tremendous game from Dak Prescott, and it required that for the Cowboys to win. And obviously, they did not, uh, but they came damn near close. And man, it's it's just so tough. It's really tough that they didn't win this game because this was a masterpiece from Dak Prescott. I mean, he was completely and totally in control. He's had three really great games now. Um, obviously, the game against the Chargers wasn't that gaudy from a statistical or production standpoint, but the game against the Rams clearly was. Dak finished 29 of 44, 374 yards. Three touchdowns on the night, was sacked five times, did have six rushing attempts uh, that were calculated. You know how that can be for 14 total yards. I mean, just, again, really, really kind of setting the tone. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know what we got going around my house. You know what they don't tell you when, when you have a kid and it's super awesome? Everybody's like, oh, having a kid's going to be great. And it is. Nobody tells you that they get sick and that the sickness just comes home and everybody gets sick. So uh, that's what's going on in my house right now. But he's hopefully uh, you know, on the mend, and that's what matters the most. Anyway, um, Dak was marvelous. I mean, just really, really marvelous. Um, you can get on him for stepping out of bounds in the two-point conversion. I don't think that's unfair. I think that's you know being really, really rigid. Um, but he certainly did enough to, to win this game for the Cowboys. Um, and I mean, Dak is playing like one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, certainly over the course of these last three games, certainly over the course of the post by Cowboys, I recognize that's only two games and two weeks worth of, of football, but he was awesome in this game. And it's a shame uh, that the Cowboys lost because it would have been awesome had they not stock up also Jake Ferguson. I don't think that this comes as a surprise. Uh, Jake Ferguson has turned into an incredibly reliable weapon for Dak. We talked about it. Seven uh, receptions for 91 yards. He had 10 targets. Think about that. He had 10 targets. Nobody on the Eagles had more than nine. A.J. Brown had nine targets. I mean, not exactly the same thing. Um, but, man, Ferguson has just become really incredible. Um, and I know that we talked about this a lot in the offseason, the Cowboys' decision to let Dalton Schultz walk, the same Dalton Schultz who had a great game today for the Texans, by the way. Um, but Jake Ferguson has certainly, you know, risen to the challenge. He is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I don't know where I'd rank him. I mean, you know, it's it's a little bit more of a finicky thing, uh, but he is completely and totally dependent. He is a chain mover. Um, he is so reliable. And I completely agree with what Greg Olson said um, at the very end, you know, at least on the penultimate possession the Cowboys had when Dak Prescott went to Jalen Tolbert. I mean, you have to be. You have to be more conscious of that. You got to go to somebody who you trust a little bit more. Um, Ferguson was awesome. A lot of you saying this. Vernon says Fergie could be Lil Witten. I agree with that. Paul, thank you for the super chat. Says, I look at this loss as a good measuring stick. We played well. Both teams made mistakes. It is sad to lose, but we did well. Three yards from a win. While I would prefer the win, <coughs> excuse me, this loss showed growth. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, but I, I, I'm be honest with you, Paul. While it's fair, I don't think anybody's going to tolerate that, you know, right now. Um, I think that the Cowboys, you know, it wasn't like this must-have game. I, You know, we did a live NFC's mixtape, myself and Brandon Gowden, who I owe $30 as a result of this game. Um, and we talked about how the Eagles maybe needed this game a little bit more um, in an overall kind of season-long sense. I think that that's fair. Um, I certainly am not just trying to apply hindsight. Um, 
the Cowboys lost a road game to a very good team, right? Like that is not inconceivable. I know that the first and goal from the six is, you know, going to sit in our minds and going to be something that's difficult to kind of um, process through. But if I told you, you know, before the season started, uh, let me get Jake Ferguson's name off of here. If I told you before the season started that the Cowboys were going to lose in Philadelphia, that would not have been shocking, right? Like whoever you are, wherever you are, when you did your season prediction for the Cowboys, you said, I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to lose that game. I think we all probably said they're going to split with Philly, right? Like that's, that's what's going to happen. They're going to split with Philly. Philly's going to win one. Dallas is going to win one. We'll probably both win the ones at home. Um, and that happened here today. Now, again, it's frustrating because the Cowboys seemingly had a chance to steal it. Um, at the very end, and you have to take those opportunities in the NFL. You have to steal games if you want to be the one seed. Um, and I think if if anything was confirmed tonight, I think it's that, that the Cowboys are, are going to have a very difficult time on the path of the one seed, although San Francisco obviously has three losses right now as well. Let's move on, though. Stock up, Cavante Turpin had the awesome touchdown um, that was clearly a touchdown. I thought the review was interesting. It's great to see him involved more offensively. It was great to see him come back and, and not – be totally dealing with injury um i think it it really does feel like he is on the verge of breaking one and breaking one and breaking one he has these really awesome flashy moments um he has a a tried and true place i think not just on this team uh but on this offense um and so you know good for Kevante turpin um let's move on here um stock up I don't know that this is going to be shared by as much people um but stock up micah parsons i did think that micah showed up um I know that in the third quarter, there were people getting on the Cowboys defense for um, kind of getting walked all over. Micah Parsons was amazing. and He almost recovered that, you know, fumble at the very end, uh, which would have been just, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows if Dallas would have been able to capitalize on that given what happened on, on first and goal at the six. Um, but Micah really just, I mean, he lived up to, to what he said. And I don't know that there's a single defender who I would say didn't. Uh, but Micah was held all game as G-Man notes. Uh, just a, a tough, tough thing. I don't know how how Micah Parsons isn't getting more holding calls. It's really insane. But stock up Micah Parsons for me. I have two stock ups left. I don't think any of or either of them are going to be surprising. CeeDee Lamb, we talked about it, nine yards shy of 200 on the game. Um, obviously in a losing effort, and that stinks. But CeeDee is really, 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 really becoming one of the like five maybe three best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, Obviously, Justin Jefferson's not playing right now. A.J. Brown didn't have the best statistical game in this game, but it's still in that conversation. Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase has kind of had a slower start to the season, but C.D. is right there. I mean, C.D. is really just on a different level. And it is really cool to see that he was like, hey, use me more, and that it is completely and totally working out the way he implied or intimated that it would. So uh, shout out to C.D. Lamb. My final stock up belongs to another wide receiver, and that is to Jalen Tolbert. Uh, By the way, Brian, thank you for the super chat, says the hate is deep in here tonight. Yikes. It's going to be a long week, Brian. I would buckle up and get the hazmat suit out. Uh, But stock up, uh, Jalen Tolbert. um, This is going to spoil my first stock down, obviously, but Jalen Tolbert has completely and totally... Oh, by the way, Jimmy Kemsky, number one fan on YouTube, asks if the pick three hit. Uh, for anybody who listens to the SB Nation NFL show, first of all, I love you very much. Uh, every week, every Friday, myself, Brandon Gowden, Steven Serta, we put together a same-game parlay courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. And for the first time ever, the same-game parlay did, in fact, hit. It was awesome. I cannot wait to talk to BLG and Steven about it. Thanks for remembering that, Jimmy Kemsky, number one fan. I appreciate that. Uh, but stock up Jalen Tolbert. 
Um, he has proven that he deserves way more offensive reps than Michael Gallup. I know that that is hard and cold to say. It's just the truth uh, of it at this point. And I know that, you know, Dak went to him on fourth down. The ball was high. It was impossible, but he was incredible. I mean, in the limited opportunities, we need to see more of Jalen Tolbert. We've been kind of feeling that way since training camp, since he's really been coming along. Jalen Tolbert, it's time. We need to see him active and involved way, 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 way more. SJ Johnson, thank you for the super chat. Uh, says, if Dak keeps playing like this, we can win it all, and he will get a nice payday. I think that that's true. Uh, Watsamata says, yes, on Tolbert playing his way into the wide receiver three job. Agreed. D-Day 2 says, Tolbert was open a lot of times. The ball went someplace else. Hope Dak starts looking his way more. Um, let's see here. Uh, a lot of you agreeing with uh, Tolbert. Uh, Adam Blank says, Tolbert is better than Gallup. Um, it is a very hostile crowd tonight, if that isn't obvious. By the way, I just got a note. Um, so, obviously, we were all watching this game. We're going to get to stock downs in a moment. Um, but um, we were all watching this game, but the Giants were playing at the same time and got destroyed by the Raiders who had just fired Josh McDaniels. Um, the Cowboys are going to host the New York Giants next week um, at AT&T Stadium where they have an 11-game win streak. The Cowboys beat the Giants 40 to nothing, obviously, and Daniel Jones may have torn his ACL. Um, obviously, that stinks, and we hope that uh, Daniel Jones is all right. I would like, before we get to Stockdown, can anybody guess what how many points the Cowboys are favored by over the Giants? Just guess. Just take a wild guess because I know you're down on the Cowboys right now, whoever you are, but – how many points do you think the Cowboys are laying at home against the New York Giants? I just got a note about this. Uh, D-Day 2 says Cowboys by 17 plus. It is not quite that high, but it is very, very close. Um, none of you got it. Apologies. It was 15 and a half. That is what our friends at DraftKings have the Cowboys favored by. Charles came the closest by saying 15. So um, if you doubt that the Cowboys are uh, are good, uh, a good team, you know, just Again, that doesn't prove anything, but you get my point. Anyway, stock down. First up, Michael Gallup. I mean, it's not just this game, obviously. And I thought that – I actually still think that Michael Gallup has returned to physical form, to the physical form that we knew of him prior to the ACL injury at the end of the 2021 season. Um, I do think that he is physically back. I think the problems are unrelated to that. Um, I think that – it's time to, to, I know the Cowboys are paying him a lot of money. Um, and I know that they probably feel obligated to utilize him more, but Jalen Tolbert is clearly a better and more importantly, a more, <coughs> a more reliable option, excuse me, than Michael Gallup. Again, that drop, if I, uh, the Terrence still sack was like, obviously a massive game changing moment uh, down near first and goal at the very end of the game. But if I had to pick a moment that, that didn't have the magnitude of it, it's the Michael Gallup drop. And again, credit to Watson Mata for saying that Michael Gallup did come back in the second half and had some impressive catches, toughed it out. Kudos, respect. But dude, that was such a consequential. It, I, I tweeted this. The word, it was a devastating drop. Like it was, it was a devastating drop to have happen um, at that moment in time. And it it showed up. I mean, the Cowboys lost by four, or excuse me, by five, and had the ball at the very end, and the Cowboys could have very well scored a touchdown on that drive. Again, I know this is a lot of ifs and ands and buts and whatever, but um, stock down Michael Gallup, big time stock down for me. Uh, also stock down Terrence Steele. I don't think this is a shocker. You know, we get on the Cowboys sometimes because they um, – um, hang on, I'm seeing a quote from Dak here at the very end of this game. Dak Prescott said that everyone could have seen him trying to confirm with the official. I assumed after I did um, – Okay, so what happened here is on the Chuma Idoga illegal formation, 
Um, this is a tweet. I'm, let's get off Terrence Steele for a moment here. I don't know if anybody has seen this on Twitter, but Nate Tice, who's one of the best in the business, uh, tweeted out the clip on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. I haven't seen this myself yet. It says, you can see Dak Prescott confirming with the official that number 71 is Chuma Doga um, declared as an eligible receiver, which is what allegedly did not happen, which is why the Cowboys were flagged for an illegal formation. Uh, Kevin Wolf noted, uh, yeah, there's a video of that going around on Twitter right now. Dak in his post-game press conference said that everyone could have seen him trying to confirm with the official. Dak's quote is, I assumed after I did it enough times, I was wasting his time and said he did not understand why a yes or no wasn't given. Um, look, the Cowboys had a lot of poor penalties called against him. So did the Eagles, right? Like, I, I don't want to... Um, Tyler actually asked this question right now. said, RJ, how are we feeling about the officials? Hard to hate to blame a loss on them, but the crucial calls never went our way. I don't, I'm not blaming the refs for the Cowboys losing. Let me be very clear. What I'm blaming the refs for is impacting, really impeding my experience as a football fan. The Cowboys lost this game, and the Cowboys lost this game because of things the Cowboys did, all right, and things the Eagles did. So I'm not at all trying to offer the take that the officials robbed the Cowboys or anything like that. But this is stupid. Like, th this is dumb. I mean, there were people who complained. Again, I saw a lot of your Rangers comments about the, uh, the umpire, you know, officiating, you know, in the World Series, things like that. Like, this should not happen. Like, to where officials ruin games for us. That is annoying. So, like, the Cowboys can lose. The Eagles can win. Whatever. But if the officials can stay the hell out of our way, that's what I really care about the most at this point. Like, and again, if Dak Prescott, you know, confirmed with the official that Chuma Doga was eligible, that should, like, <laughs> it's stupid that a penalty was called. You know what I mean? Like, these things are very simple to solve um, and to be um, fixed. Kevin says, I would love to hear the ref have to stand at the podium and explain why the illegal hands of the face flag was just picked up. I agree. PV Make uh, tracks as I'm laughing at everyone blaming McCarthy, but Ferguson is open on the fourth down overthrow of Tober. The refs were tipped to call certain calls, but Dak running the end zone, bro. How do you step out? I don't think that McCarthy um, is the biggest um, kind of poster person for blame here, uh, but you can definitely get on him a little bit. I don't think that's unfair. Uh, thank you, H, for the super chat. It says, Good evening, RJ. My husband and I would love to see Tolbert Moore and Jake Ferguson play well. Hope you feel better soon. Vix might help. Thank you very much. Uh, definitely attacking this with lots of fluids and a variety of medications. And so uh, maybe that explains why I'm feeling so loopy. Uh, but definitely would love to see more of Tolbert and Jake Ferguson. It's awesome as well. Uh, so again, I don't necessarily believe that officiating lost this game for the Cowboys, but it's annoying. And I agree with Carl, by the way, that there were makeup calls at the end. That's dumb. Makeup calls are stupid. I understand trying to like, you know, rectify or right or wrong, but that's dumb. Like don't, don't call things that are loose because you feel bad about making a mistake early on. Um, that's not the product we want to watch. I think we all feel that way, regardless of the two teams that are playing. The lunatic, thank you for the super chat, says, let Dak cook. We win the next four games and we are nine and three. That's true. Lynn Snell, thank you for the super chat, says, if Dak just randomly throws the ball away, he could have got intentional grounding and the 10-second runoff, he can't win. I agree. Um, it's a tough, tough scene for Dak, obviously. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. We all uh, we all know that. Amit says, Steele, it's getting, I guess getting back to Terrence Steele. Steele deserves a lot of blame, but we refuse to give him any help by chipping on that side, and the coaches deserve some blame for that. I'm not above saying that. That's a fair point to me. However, the front office gave Terrence Steele a big-time payday, um, and they expect him to play well. Now, you can argue, obviously, that he is coming back from an injury, and that's what I was actually getting to before I saw this um, this Dak thing. Um, 
the Cowboys, we, we criticize the Cowboys because they don't get out in front of certain deals, right? We criticize them because they haven't paid CD Lamb yet, right? That's, you know, he's only raising the price. Well, they did get out in front of the Terrence Steele deal, right? They did get out in front of, you know, the Jalen Smith deal, the Lyle Collins deal, right? Like there are misses when they do things like that. And I don't know that it's fair to say it's a miss yet for Terrence Steele after eight games. Uh, but I think everybody is kind of regretting that a little bit, at least certainly tonight. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I understand not giving him uh, help, um, but you expect him to be better. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky, number one fan, uh, brings up a great question. It says, time for the taboo Dan Quinn conversation. So let me say this. My final stock down, I had Dan Quinn on the list. I changed it to, I'm sorry, I have two more, but um, Mike McCarthy is a stock down for me just because the, the some of the penalties are encroachment and some of the penalties are, you know, these delay of game. Like those are things that you have to clean up. That's on, you know, if you're going to put it on anybody, I think you have to put it on the head coach. Um, now, I think the Cowboys defense showed up a little bit more as the second half wore on, but you could also argue that they benefited from Jalen Hurts being a little bit hindered. We certainly hope he's all right. Um, and the Eagles kind of just trying to, to get out of the game. Um, but Dan Quinn's defense got worked a little bit in this game. I mean, yeah, they limited AJ Brown, obviously, uh, to not 125 yards, but, um, nobody ever wants to come for Dan Quinn. Nobody ever, they didn't have any turnovers that they generated, right? Like this is a a team that is, you know, predicated on taking the ball away. They didn't have any of those. And you can sit here and you can say that's not their fault. But if you are somebody who wants to give Dan Quinn all of the flowers when the Cowboys win, and there are a lot of those people you better be willing to come and say that Dan Quinn did not come with his best game in mind for the Eagles. Amit says Dan Quinn refused to blitz tonight against Hertz that was obviously limited. I mean, it's tough. And every, look, the Cowboys played in a way that's going to completely and totally provide cover for Dan Quinn. We know this. Everyone's going to talk about Michael Gallup's drop and Terrence still getting beat and Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds and, you know, the first and goal at the six and the sack. Nobody is going to point to Dan Quinn and how the defense couldn't get things kind of under control at the beginning of that second half. And so he deserves some blame. <coughs> Man, just tough, tough being sick. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was um, it was tough. Uh, Ray says the defense flat out didn't play well, hence they're overrated. Dan Quinn got beat. I don't know that they're overrated now. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, people were um, talking about how they were like this all-time defense, myself included. I mean, because they, they literally were that um, in, from a – statistical sense but that is obviously cooled um i think they're properly rated i think that they are not as good as some other defenses and that's fair um but i this is a great point from joe brooks there was so much talk about jalen hurts turning the ball over but no takeaways today jalen hurts had 11 turnovers i'm not making that up i'm not hating i'm not coping i'm not moving the goalpost that is just a fact jalen uh, i was gonna say jalen tober goodness gracious jalen hurts had 11 turnovers on the season in the first eight games before the Cowboys played him. And you have to give, obviously, Jalen Hurts an enormous amount of credit for protecting the ball. Like, I don't mean to say this has nothing to do with him, but the Cowboys couldn't generate one. Like, they, they couldn't they couldn't get to Hurts one time. They, you know what I mean? Like, that's on Dan Quinn. So respect on, obviously, holding Dan Quinn's feet to the fire because nobody likes to do that. Dar- uh, Darrell, hope it's Darrell, not Darrell. But either way, sorry, Darrell, Darrell. Uh, says, Dan Quinn knew that Gilmore and Lewis were a liability. Jerry should have traded for Jalen Johnson. I mean, we hyped up Stephon Gilmore and Jordan Lewis. I mean, you know, we can't say that he knew they were a liability. We, you know, nobody gives the offense that benefit of the doubt. Nobody says, oh, well, they they know Michael Gallup's a liability. They know Terrence Steele's a liability. you got to call it the same way on both sides here. 
Um, by the way, DB Cooper notes that Philly put the ball on the ground three times and we didn't get a one of them. It's just a tough, tough, tough thing um, to, to accept. Now, Ross Taylor says the D kept the Eagles to less than 300 yards and less than 200 yards passing. That's true, but Philly had a massive lead in the second half as the game got to crunch time. So I don't know that you can say that that's totally fair. I mean, they were up 28 to 17 and they were kind of able to go into cruise control and they were just trying to get out of the game. So they weren't totally with their foot on the gas. So I don't think that that involves all of the context. Juan says the hybrid approach with the D is dynamic, but vulnerable when depth gets tested. There were three fumbles that they committed, but recovered by Philly. I agree. Um, Just a, a tough, 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 tough loss. Uh, the Bills just scored to even this game up at seven apiece. This uh, game should hopefully uh, be a lot of fun, um, but it's going to be hard for us to enjoy, obviously. Uh, my final stock down, just to kind of wrap it up, is Luke Schoonmaker. Um, I'm not willing to put an enormous amount um, on Luke Schoonmaker, given that um, he was so close, but you got to run into the end zone. On fourth and goal, you got to know that you got to run into the end zone. Um, so that's on Luke Schoonmaker. I see there are some protesting or some, some protests over super chats and make sure I hit all of our super chats. Um, Gabe, uh, th- I'm looking in, in, uh, in proper order here. Uh, let's see here. I think we've hit all the super chats. Um, let's see here. Um, the comment was from Nash fine art it says I paid for two super chats that never showed up. Nash fine art, get your question. And I've got eyes for you. Sorry that it's not working for you. Tyler says, RJ, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you we can turn this run game around? I got to say like a four. Um, now, Tony Pollard had the one run, um, which was cool. Um, but they turned the red zone issues around. Um, I have to imagine that those things will kind of come. Um, but the offensive line isn't exactly in a, depend- in a dependable position or a dependable place. So it's hard to uh, really kind of... Um, really kind of believe in the run game right now. Tony Pollard, let's see here, finish this game. Ultimately, uh, let me move over here. Um, Finish this game with 12 carries for 51 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. So not that bad, but did have a 15-yard run that kind of um, inflated things. D-Day 2 with a great point. Uh, says Pollard is going to be on a super discount if if even we want to re-sign him. I agree with that. Um, not having a great season, Tony Pollard, in a contract share for the Cowboys. Uh, let's see here. Um, Scott notes, Osiris Torrance. Yeah, the Cowboys obviously passed. Um, tough, tough, tough. Loco says I'm at a three for the running game. Um, yeah, Tristan, uh, Tristan, I see a, a super chat. I don't see the comment though. I'll be on the lookout for it. Carlos, thank you for the super chat. It says we played well and the Eagles were asking to lose it at the end, but I'm not that down on the loss. We could beat them and we will. I think that's a great way to put it. They were, they opened the door. I mean, they opened the door and laid out the carpet and like, you know, it was right there. And, and to be that close and, and where that's really going to bother us. And I, I don't want to like forecast this, but um, you know, last year when, when the Cowboys were chasing the Eagles and the Eagles just weren't losing and weren't losing, it was the losses in green Bay and Jacksonville that kind of aided us, right? Because the Cowboys blew those at the end. And we've been saying for a while now that that Arizona loss back in week three was going to feel that same way, right? That, that by losing the kind of one of the more poor teams in the NFL, that the Cowboys were going to kind of be haunted by that all season. I, I think that they're going to be more haunted by this because the Cowboys were never in that Arizona game, right? Like I, I recognize the point that the Cardinals are a worse team, um, et cetera, et cetera. But the Ca- they were right there. I mean, they had it in their hands. What if they lose the division by one game? I mean, it was a divisional game. The value of that win and now the value of that loss was significant. And so... 
um it was just really 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 devastating um i think um it's tough 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 day for the cowboys um zach says are there any ty hilton-esque free agents out there why do you want ty hilton i mean you got jalen tolbert i mean jalen tolbert and Cavante turbin are both con- you know competing and contributing uh from an offensive standpoint they just need to be used a lot more joe king says where was cooks brandon cooks is on the cowboys uh had two targets one reception for seven yards um i'm not willing to place really much blame at the feet of brandon cooks but if we're all going to come for michael gallup i mean you know let's come for brandon cooks a little bit i mean and it's not just brandon cooks to to be very clear here um some of it has been the offensive scheme at the beginning of the season and you could put some of it on dak prescott some of it is situation dependent uh the broadcast had a great note about how there had only been one lead change in the cowboys season prior to this game and so the cowboys have either been blowing teams out or been being blown out themselves um this was kind of I would say kind of like the Chargers game, but it was similar to the Chargers game in the sense that it, it went the full distance. Um, and so when you're blowing teams out, you don't necessarily have these deep shot opportunities for Brandon Cooks because you just kind of need to salt the game away, um, which is why, again, I don't think the Cowboys limiting the Eagles offensive production from a statistical standpoint is a true measurement of what happened. But um, but back to the point, Brandon Cooks is like a thousand yard receiving machine, right? Like anywhere he goes, Brandon cooks could play in any league in any country. He could play any sport and he would have a thousand yards receiving history. Recent history has taught us this, but he shows up to the Cowboys and all of a sudden nothing happens. That's a really weird phenomenon. Um, I agree with Alan in saying you got to throw cooks the ball. Um, He just, you can't, you can't target him twice. I mean, he's, he's got to be involved a little bit more. Um, Tough. Toxic Sooner says, RJ, you said the key word, chasing. Chasing points, chasing offensive and defensive concepts, and chasing other teams. It does I, – again, I don't want to sound like a hater, but, um, you know, I think at different points this season, the Niners have looked like they were in a tier of their own. The Chiefs obviously have Patrick Mahomes, so they can exist in a tier of their own. It, it still, even after this game, doesn't feel like Philly is in a tier of their own, but what is so frustrating about the Eagles is that they find a way to get the one thing that they need in all these games, and it works out for them. And so – they're eight and one, and that pisses us off a lot. Um, Michael Grove says the last 53 seconds reminded me of the Kansas City game when there was no touchdowns in the second half. Um, man, Randy on Facebook says Eagles will lose a couple more games. We just need to take it one game at a time. We get Philly again at our house next. I think that's fair. Um, it was annoying. It was annoying. There's no way to spin it. It was, and it's going to be annoying. It's going to be a long week, man. Um it's Vernon says they get so lucky. The Eagles have played so many close games. I agree with this to a point and it is annoying how lucky, if you want to use that word, the Eagles seem to get, but they do create their own luck to a large degree. I mean, some of it is the the break of the ball, right? Three fumbles and they recovered all of them. Like that is luck uh, to a certain degree, but I mean, they create their own luck. They work very hard at it and it's really, really frustrating. Um, now, Matthew, uh, where the great point says, I know you kind of killed the front office for having to rely on Tyron Smith's help, but you have to admit when he plays, the guy is awesome. I would offer that Tyron was not the best version of himself um, when he first showed up this season. Um, and I would also offer what everybody knows in that his presence, while it can be awesome, comes with a huge caveat that he is, is just, uh, you know, kind of a missed game waiting to happen. Um, but Tyron was great. And, and the Cowboys... Again, these are these are assumptions, but it seems like the Cowboys put Tyron Smith on ice in the 11th hour against the Rams, 
trusting that they could beat the Rams without him, which they did in the hopes of having Tyron obviously available to them in this game against Philly so that he could help, which he did. Um, it's just a bummer that Terrence still couldn't live up to the, the charge on the other side. Uh, Jimbo Slice, thank you for the super chat, says, will the Cowboys beat a team with a winning record? Their next opportunity, because um, they play the Giants and the Panthers and the Commanders next. I know the Commanders won. I don't think they're getting to above 500 before then, but that's possible. But that's the next opportunity. After that, it's the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. So you got to wait till it potentially Thanksgiving or uh, potentially as late as December uh, to see that. I know that sounds further away than it really is, <coughs> but um, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Um, Lord King 83 says, Ray, you've been told by RJ and many others, blaming Dak for tonight isn't an option in anyone's mind that has any sense of this game. Regurgitating the same, well, let's be cool here. There's there's no need to use offensive words. Lord King 83, I'm going to put you in timeout. That's not cool, man. We don't use offensive words around here. This is a family show. We love everyone we can get, um, you know, debating we can debate with each other but um it's yeah there's no need for that miggy says rj uh you kill the cowboys for having to rely on tyron yet you yourself are in favor of this approach over the offseason don't be a hypocrite i said this on our podcast this week that i was in favor of this approach this is the best possible five that the cowboys could field but when they got to the bye week this season it became apparent that this was just not going to happen i mean at the bye week the cowboys should have committed to tyler smith at left tackle and to whoever they wanted at left guard um and had tyron be this kind of reserve player because it, it looks great right now, obviously, uh, that Tyron Smith played well against Philly, but what's the next game that Tyron misses? And I hate to be, like, negative or Eeyore or whatever. Um, I mean, just, you know, it's it, – the, the Tyron thing is is a really frustrating experience because what, he has the potential to be very awesome, but, like, we just don't know how many times that's going to happen in a given NFL season. Um, so, yeah. Avery, I didn't think we would see this comment here tonight. Avery says, wish we still had Noah Brown. He had an absolute day today. I am very happy for Noah Brown that he had the day that he did. I do not wish that the Cowboys still had Noah Brown, to be very clear. I wish the Cowboys still had Amari Cooper if we're going to play that game. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, I don't know why. Oh, Josh, sorry. I misread this. Josh said, why do you think Cooks is not being thrown to? I mean, think about it. He's the newbie, right? Like, some of it is that, right? Like, Dak has much more history with, CD Lamb and Michael Gallup and even Kevontae Turpin and Jalen Tolbert. Uh, so I think it's some of that. Um, I also think that some of it is what he offers is a little different. I mean, he isn't just this like speed threat, take the top over the defense, but um, what he offers is a different skill that they, again, kind of haven't needed. Plus DB Cooper, appropriately DB Cooper, says Cooks was taken out of the game due to their two high safeties all night. Again, it, it is somewhat situational. Um, I thought the way that he scored his touchdown against the Chargers was great. Uh, the drag route across. I mean, that's it. When you can get, you know, Brandon Cooks into a foot race, it doesn't have to just be vertically. Um, when you can get him into a foot race with somebody, I think that's the best way to use him. Um, and they just haven't totally, you know, been in that spot. I know that's weird, but that's just kind of way the season has gone. Um, man, just a really, really, really frustrating loss. Um, like the Niners loss was devastating right the, the Niners loss was disappointing but the Niners loss I think left us in a place where we where there was some level of acceptance right like after the Niners loss we all were like okay they are a much better team than the Cowboys right like it, we, we are we're all able to accept that except for Jerry Jones and his weekly radio hit afterwards um bi-weekly radio hit and this is different than that this, this is the first time this season 
where it felt like the Cowboys, to a degree, played were the team who played better and lost. Even when they lost to the Cardinals, they were not the team who played better in that game, right? Like the Cardinals completely and totally outplayed them from start to finish. By the way, what a game from Joshua Dobbs for the Vikings today. That was awesome. But anyway, um, so this was the first time where it felt like they were the better team and they lost. And I don't know that they have been the better team or the worst team, excuse me, and won. Um, maybe you could say they were the, you know, the worst team against the Chargers if you're really trying to stretch. But I don't think that that would be true. So this is the, the first game that Dallas has played in this season where it was kind of in the in in the stole sort of category. Um, and, and again, like we talked about earlier, to have hope not just brought back into our lives, but have it brought back several times uh, with the fumble, uh, with the first and goal, with even with the possession before that. I mean, it was just such a toying with our emotions. And so um, it was really, really difficult. Brian, thank you for the super chat. We always put the super chats on the screen. Uh, this is self-serving. So I'll, you know, but thank you for, uh, for telling people to like the video. That really does help us out. If you like the video and subscribe to us, that is awesome. Um, man. Um, just tough. Uh, D-Day 2 says they literally slept through the Cardinal game. Little to no effort. I agree. Avery offers, in all reality, we are in a very good place with our team. Two plays equaling 16 inches in this game. This is a game of the W column. Uh, Allen says I would rather get blown out, LOL, where there is no hope. Uh, Juan says the loss to San Francisco was demoralizing. This loss sucks because we had the win in our grasps. Yeah, and I don't know that it was ever in the Cowboys' grasps grasps that's a lot harder to say when i'm a little under the weather um but th their hands were like around it you know what i mean it was like in a in a superhero movie uh where like they, their hands were like around the orb or the cube or whatever and they were about to grab it and then like the alarm went off or something and like the machine shut over and they couldn't get to it but they were right there like um I mean, it was it was it was like Marty McFly holding the almanac before he burned it that's what it was in back to the future part two they just didn't get a chance and that really Really, really, really stinks. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Loco says this was a worse loss because you had a chance to win in Philly where they had melted down to show the world the Cowboys were the better team. But nope. Honestly, um, I'm kind of over like showing the world, right? Like the talk shows and all these things are going to be whatever on Monday and that's fine. What bothers me is the value of this game. They, the Cowboys could have been 2-0 and in road games in the division. They could have had a game in hand on the Eagles. They could have forced the Eagles to have sat on this loss at home to the Cowboys um, for the course of their entire bye week. And this would have, you know, beyond, if you're you know stretching for things, this would have perpetuated the notion that Dak Prescott owns the Eagles. And I think you could argue based on his performance, he still kind of does, but obviously they lost. I mean, history is written by the winners and um, the Eagles won this game. And that is just a really, really, really frustrating team. Gold Standard Network, a.k.a. Rob Stats Guerrera, one of my very good friends who picked the Eagles in our live NFC's mixtape. Everybody subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Uh, they're right there for you to click on YouTube. They are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Go subscribe. Please pay your subscription and like text to them. It says Dallas looked like the second best team in the NFC today. Tough loss, but they still look damn good. Stats, don't come in here now and cater to the Cowboys when you picked the Eagles to win. Uh, but in all seriousness, I agree with Stats. I mean, I, I agree with this notion. Um, that Dallas looked better. And and this is a weird thing because sometimes there are games that we watch, right, where one team looked better and lost. This was different in that they looked better, but they also did things to lose, right? Like we talked about it, the, the sequence of things, the Gallup drop, the Schoonmaker, you know, short play, Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds, the Terrence Steel sack. Like they did enough things to where we can rationalize losing. Uh, but, you know, if, if you want to call those like, 10% of the game, the other 90%, they were largely the better team. And maybe not for all 90% of it, maybe for like, 
I don't know, like 49% of that remaining 90%. I think you get the picture, but um, it's a frustrating pill to swallow for the Cowboys. And yeah, they'll get the Eagles again. And we will all hope that the Eagles um, obviously drop some games between now and then, including the stats is 49ers, which is why you should subscribe to the gold standard podcast network, uh, both on podcasts and on YouTube. But um, the fr- that's another frustrating thing is that now it's a little bit more out of the Cowboys hands and they can beat the Giants. They can beat the Panthers. They can beat the commanders. In fact, I think we all think they probably will. I think the Cowboys, I think on Thanksgiving night when your belly is full, um, I think the Cowboys are eight and three. Um, and that's hard to be upset about. Um, but uh, just kind of is what it is. Uh, Avery Brewer uh, says third quarter time of possession felt like 13 minutes Eagles and two minutes Dallas really needed to get off the field. That's where they, I think, I don't know that I would say that that's where Philly won it, but that's where Philly made it difficult to win. I tweeted actually as the fourth quarter was starting um, that Dallas was going to have to basically play a perfect game in the fourth quarter to win. And I don't know that they almost came close, but they almost came close to having enough things kind of handicap them into a perfect uh, fourth quarter. And hey, uh, Jimbo Sly says eight and three doesn't matter if you can't beat good teams. I would completely disagree. Eight and three totally matters. I mean, like, if you're eight and three, you're a playoff team. Like if you get into the tournament, you can be a bad team and you can win the Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen that happen many, many, many times. I'm not saying that's what the Cowboys are, but like to act like it doesn't matter is is a little bit of an overreaction. I get that we're in a sensitive place. I get that we're in an emotional place. This is still one of the best teams in the NFL. They lost a very frustrating game. We can be mad about it. We can be okay about it. All of these things are true. Um, but um, yeah, it sucks. Um, before I leave, let me tell you that I am supposed to interview DeMarcus Ware on Monday. Um, these things are always subject to change, but, uh, currently scheduled to speak with DeMarcus on Monday morning. I will have that interview available for you, uh, both here on the blogging, the boys YouTube channel, as well as on the blogging, the boys podcast network. It's the first time I'm speaking to DeMarcus since he became a pro football hall of famer and a ring of honor member. Uh, so very excited about that. Um, if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or threads, uh, I'll get you in the right direction to get access to that interview. Uh, you can do so at RJ Ochoa everywhere. I'm at RJ Ochoa on Twitter, Instagram, threads. Like I said, rj.ochoa on TikTok. If you want to email me, if that's more your thing, you can do so. rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. It's going to be okay. I know it doesn't feel that way, but it's going to be okay. So um, thanks so much for hanging out, everybody, and for putting up with me being sick. I hope you have a wonderful start to your week, and I can't wait to see you soon. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time.